What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Welcome to All The Smoke, a production of The Black Effect and Our Heart Radio in partnership with Showtime. Welcome back, man. Season two of All The Smoke. We got a real special guest. What's up with you, Brody? With the virtual handshake. I'm going to tell y'all something that I never told nobody. I want All The Smoke. Welcome back to another edition of All The Smoke. Man, welcome to the show First time All-Star, long overdue, but first time All-Star, Zach Levine, man. Welcome to the show, bro. My dogs. My dogs. What up with y'all, man? I appreciate it, man. I've been wanting to come on here. We appreciate you. So, I mean, you're notorious for how hard you work. So, first of all, man, we want to congratulate you on being a first time All-Star, long overdue. You know, you got two uh, dunk contest championships under your belt, but to actually be able to go to the game and play, how gratifying is that? It feels good, man. Um, the breakthrough, uh, have your peers and your family congratulate you. It's a, it's an honor. You know, I always credit everything to hard work, and you know, obviously over the last couple of years, I feel like I've been playing at this level. But to uh, you know, to finally break through, we're in the playoff picture, and you know, to see the growth I've had over these last couple of years has been big, man. So it's uh, it's gratifying. Obviously, we felt it. You felt it. Um, you know, you've been playing at this level for you know at least you know two or three years now. What do you think changed this season and got you over the hump? Man, I think the main thing was my mentality. Um, you know, going out there and trying to do whatever it took to, you know, just to get the wins. You know, if that was, you know, assist one night going out there trying to bust my ass on defense, um, or if I got to take over and try to go get 30, 40, you know, whatever it is, just, you know, try to get, try to get that team in a win column in. You know, I feel like I did a good job of, uh, you know, locking in each game for that. I mean, you've kind of developed, obviously, into a, a star player, but also a vocal leader. Have you always been a vocal leader, a guy that lead by example? How, how has your leadership role kind of um, evolved over the years? Yeah, you, you don't come into it, at least for me. I never, you know, was in that type of role before. Um, you know, obviously in high school, I think all of us is the man, but you go through college and you're at the bottom of the totem pole and then the NBA, obviously you go through your rookie duties and things like that, so... Coming to Chicago, having the opportunity to be the, you know, the main guy and then the leader, um, you have to work on it. I was always a guy that, you know, led by example with my work ethic and, and putting in the work after practice and in the off season. But, you know, vocally it's been, it's been uh, you know, a process. And I appreciate my vets, you know, having Thad on the team, Garrett Temple, guys like that that's helped me, um, you know, find your voice. It has to be authentic. You know, you can't be wishy-washy with it. And that's the main thing I figured out of the uh, 
you know, guys respect you when you're authentic. And, you know, you got to keep that, maintain that, that, that folks in the locker room and, and keep guys involved and make sure everybody feels, you know, like they part of the team. And, um, you know, for me personally, just if I got to go out there, put the team on my back, <clears throat> you know, make sure I'm locked in, you know, whatever it takes to, uh, to get us there. But it's been tough. There's injuries throughout the rest of the season. We've been dealing with injuries the last couple of years, so it's not a lot new with us. But, um, you know, I think I think we're doing it well right now. Having Billy come over has helped a lot, bring a new vibe to the to the team. Um, you know, vet coaches that's coached some, you know, not just superstar players, but you know, for future first ballot Hall of Famer. So um, he's definitely brought some uh, some insight to the team. How are the younger players progressing? Patrick Williams, Kobe White, you and Kobe just became the first teammates recently to each hit eight three pointers in one game. How's the progression of them um, been coming in, in your eyes? Those are my dogs, man. Uh, and obviously, you, you go through ups and downs your first couple of years, and I was experiencing the same thing. But you know, them dudes is workers, man. You know, Pat's going to be a monster in the league. He gives you those little Kawhi vibes because he got the big hands and he doesn't have a lot of emotion on the court. But, uh, you know, Kobe's the same way, man. He work, he works his ass off, and, you know, and even if he has a bad game, he comes in the next day locked in, ready to go. And, you know, these dudes are confident, man. They don't they don't back down. Born and raised in Britain, Washington, athletic family. Dad played a little bit of baseball. And in the USFL, uh, mom played softball. Tell us about your upbringing. Hey, man. Uh, you know, I start with my pops, man. He, you know, come out the hood of San Bernardino. You know, moved his family out to Beaverton once he made it out. Met my mom when he was playing with the uh, – when he just got done playing with the Seahawks. And they had my light-skinned dad. So, <laughs> you know, it was uh, – <laughs> you know, it was – it was challenging coming – you know, growing up, my dad was on me a lot. You know, we I ended up moving in with my grandma for a little bit. Um, and that's when, you know, a lot of stuff started, you know, with my dad and me having all this shit outside, working out. Um, you know, he almost tried to treat me as a pro as a as a young kid, man. I pregame shooting, I had to write down, you know, all my shots, come back home from school, get some more shots up, um, before games, after games. So you know, even in the car, like driving in the car, doing interviews, asking me, hey, man, how you feel after the game and stuff like that. So he was almost trying to prepare me for, you know, what I was trying to go after. And, uh, you know, my mom held, you know, held it down, you know, worked two jobs for seven straight years, um, you know, missed out on some trips, you know, just to have me go to AU games and things like that. So it's, uh, you know, it's been a long time coming, man, but it, I, at the end of the day, it's all worth it. Let me ask you this because I'm a uh, I'm a dad and a coach of my kids. At any point, was it ever overwhelming for you at a young age with all the you know your dad trying to treat you like a pro when you were still a kid? You know, at, at some point, I it, it finally clicked for me because he was pushing me hard, man. And you know, as parents, you almost wanted more than your kids, um, and that's what I felt. For some reason, I felt it, and I was like, it it, it won't work. And you know, for me, I can't have my dad want it more than me, so. And that's when we became really tight because then I'll start going out there on my own and asking him to come out there and rebound. Or I already had my shots up by the time he came home, you know, from work. So it was uh, it was something that I understood. Like, I can't have him want this more than me. And then that's when it took off. Well, I, what I think is dope, like I said, it started as a kid, but you're still known for, you I mean, you, we check you out on Instagram, which you got a whole motherfucking look like training facility in your backyard. Is that your backyard where you guys train at in the sand and shooting and all the drills you're running? Yeah, no, that's a, you know, I think right when I signed my contract with Chicago, I got my parents their house and that's what that is. And that was, that was his idea. Okay. And, you know, it's almost like an athlete's little paradise. We call it the compound. Uh, right. It got the sand, it got the turf <laughs> field, it got the, you know, it got the weight room, it got, it got the little, you know, the, the jailhouse weight room. You know, you, 
My dad, you know, every once in a while, I'll be getting getting shit off of Craigslist and stuff like that. But uh, you know, it's a uh, you know, it, it, it's a paradise <laughs> up there, man. Like I said, it's it, it it works, man. It works. If you guys come out there, man, you know, you don't get put you don't get put through some shit. We heard early on uh, in school. I mean, obviously, your dad's been a great support system for you. That your teacher once asked you what you want to be, and you said an NBA star. And your teacher told you it wasn't realistic. And your dad came up there to back you up. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about that story. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was just, you know everybody in class. You raise your hand. What do you want to be, Johnny, Susie, and then you know Zach. What do you want to be? I said I'm gonna be an NBA player. And she was like, Well, you should probably pick something more realistic. And you know I'm in like third grade, and you know I go home and tell my dad, and you know we go back up to the school. He's, you know don't ever tell my son something he can't do. And, you know. And, <laughs> His ass wanted Hell me to, yeah. uh, you That's know, when I'm I got drafted, about. he wanted me to go back. He wanted me to go back to my elementary school and talk to her. But, <laughs> you know, I'm not that petty. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you grow up rooting for? I was the biggest Kobe fan. So, you know, that was that was my guy. Like, my dad was my, my idol and who I looked up to. But, you know, you know, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant were the guys that I wanted to try to be like. And Kobe was, it was, was my biggest inspiration, you know, wearing number eight and things like that. That's a... Uh, that's one of the main reasons I wear it. Attended uh, Bethel High School um, as a point guard. By your junior year, you shoot up to 6'3", primary ball handler. What do you remember most about your high school experience? You, got, got a lot of, you guys got a lot of talent out there. Yeah. No, so one of my best friends actually, uh, you know, called my brother. He, he, he moved in with me at a rough, rough childhood, ended up living with us for a couple of years, and it made us a lot better. It turned us into like a top 25 uh Top twenty-five team in the country. Another dude on our team named Josh Martin. We all went D one, but um, you know, we weren't really known for basketball. And, you know, it was a uh, it was a football school, but you know, we turned that thing out, man. We ended up uh, you know, compete. Never we we lost in the uh, lost in the championship game a couple of times. We never should have lost, but you know, great times. My high school coach allowed me to you know roll the ball out and 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 show some of my skill set. Um, and it helped me put you know put myself on the map. Put played me at point guard. That's where I got my point guard experience. And then obviously when I shot up to six five, um, it gave me a little bit more of my game to uh, to grow into. Who was recruiting you early on? See, I wasn't I wasn't like a McDonald's All American or anything like that. Um, I was putting up 25, 30 points a game um, going to the league camps, but I never I never made it to McDonald's. So I had I had pretty much a lot of the teams on the West Coast. You know, obviously UW, UCLA, Arizona. Um, I got Louisville, Texas, and Baylor. Um, but besides that, I had a lot of mid-majors, um, San Diego, Gonzaga, Oregon State, you know, things like that. So, um, But when UCLA came, you know, came knocking, I, I committed under Ben Allen, um, and, that's, and that's where I wanted to go. I committed as a junior, I think. Appreciate it. I think I committed as a junior. What was that one year uh, under Hallen like? I didn't go under Hallen. So oh, he was my, gone? I, I was with Steve Alford. Oh, he was gone yep, by the time I was with Steve there. Alford. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what, yeah, what was that? My bad. So what was that? I went to UCLA. Yeah. What was that experience like under Alford? It was tough. You know, we didn't see eye to eye a lot. Um, you know, I think the main thing I took from it, you know, because I was coming off the bench, but the main thing I took from it, it helped me get, you know, helped me get used to coaching and, and playing through adversity. Um, so, you know, I always try to turn a, you know, a negative to a positive. Obviously, I still was able to get drafted. I was a lottery pick. But, um, you know, it helped me deal with, you know, how coaching is and how if you don't see the eye, you still have to go out there and perform. So, you know, it definitely uh, definitely helped me for the future. You end up uh, entering the draft after one season. You knew it was time. Was that a decision you talked with your family about? 
coaching helped you make the decision? What took you know what 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 was the deciding factor in you feeling like you were ready for the league after one year? See, I didn't go into college thinking I was going to be a one and done guy. You know, obviously, I think I had the the, the potential to get there, but. You know, at UCLA, man, you know this. You do all the open runs. You get to play against the pros. You get to play against guys that, you know. And I was stacking up pretty well. And, you know, I'm going against these guys. And I'm like, hey, I'm not that, you know. Obviously, you're not at that level, but I'm I'm right there. You know, athletically, I was I was right there. Um, so that that put that in my mind. And obviously, I had a, I had a decent campaign at my freshman year. I got put on the big board. So... Confidence-wise, I was already there. I'm not, you know, I'm not afraid of competition, so I was ready to take that jump. I felt like so. 13th pick overall. Other notable names: Andrew Wiggins, Embiid, Aaron Gordon, Julius Randle. Did you have any idea where you were going to go? Where, where, where was Minnesota supposed to pick you? Were someone else supposed to go? Were you surprised you went at 13? Man, so what was crazy? The the, the pre-draft stuff. So I had like 25 workouts. Man, my 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 uh my ranking was from like seven. Cause I did three workouts with the Lakers. I thought the Lakers were gonna take me, and I was really excited about that. Um, and I, my rank was from seven to the second round, so I had a shit ton of workouts. But I didn't know Minnesota was gonna take me until uh, until my until right before. You know, I I worked out for pretty much every team in the top, you know, the top fifteen. So I I really didn't know. I had a hell of a workout in Minnesota though. So any memorable stories from that night from draft night? Other than everybody thought I was saying fuck me when I got drafted, <laughs> you know, you know, I think I was a meme for a little bit. I was a little, you know, when when my name came across the board, I was stunned. That wasn't even the, you know, I was just like, fuck, man. You know, I was stunned. I told my dad, you know, please don't cry because I'm a cry. But, uh, you know, it was a little misunderstanding. But I think everything worked out. Minnesota, I, appreciated, I appreciated them. <laughs> Thoughts on, you know, I mentioned Embiid and Julius Randle to name a few. Yourself, I kind of feel like you three right there, Embiid on this kind of his MVP run, you and Randle being first-time All-Stars. Thoughts on guys you came into the league with kind of starting to come into their own at, at the same time? Yeah, because we've been playing with each other since high school, man, and it's, it's great to see, especially because you grow up with these guys. You respect them, you know them, um, and it's good to see, you know, guys put the work in and, and keep developing their game each and every year. Um you know, it's dope. We go out there, compete against each other, and dap it up at the end of the game. So it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a friendly rivalry. That's what's up. What's up? I'm John Wall, and I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what yeah. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. 
They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. So arriving in Minnesota as an 18-year-old, I didn't realize you was that young. You know, you, like you just told us, you're going in your seventh year, you're only 25. That's crazy. Um, but arriving in Minnesota... Uh, was it what you expected? I know KG was there briefly, great vet, uh, someone we've had on the show and definitely a fan of the program. What was it like arriving there and then also having KG in that locker room? Yeah, it's eye opener. And I I told, I told a lot of people, they're like, what's the hardest thing about the NBA? For me, it wasn't the, you know, the competition athletically, man. It was the downtime that you have, um, and the travel. And that, that's what really got to me. And people don't understand that, you know, you have to be able to take care of your mind and, and be ready to play. So. Um, but KG was great, man. Um, Thaddeus Young, my boy, is on the team now. He was on the team, and then they got traded, and KG came to the team. And I, KG was probably the best teammate you could probably ever ask for, um, especially for a guy like me and a young a young guys. You know, me, Andrew, Cat, we were all on the team together. And just to see him lead by example at 40 years old still was, was incredible. Ricky Rubio was sidelined with an ankle injury, and you become the starting point guard over Mo Williams. Was that your welcome to was that your welcome to the NBA moment or did you have another one? I would say that was, that was just you know that was my coming out you know I remember I was talking to Mo Williams and Mo was like look you you know you the you the you the next upcoming guy I'm I I understand my role and my position there right now you know I'm gonna come off the bench you know we're gonna help you get through this and you know it was ups and downs especially playing a position that you ain't played since high school and you're going you know against these top notch point guards in the NBA. Um, I felt like my coming out party though. Um, we uh, we played in Golden State. Um, obviously, that team. I think that was the seventy the seventy three and nine team that year. Um, and I ended up with like thirty eight or thirty nine that game. And that's when I was like, okay, this is, you know, this is who I can be. You guys had a nice young trio of yourself, uh, Wiggins and Cat. But I always kind of thought that you playing with them, you weren't really able to show who you really were because I think they were, uh, you know. 
Cat was a top pick. Wiggins was a top pick. They were highly touted. But to me, you were like the the, mo- the the purest scorer out of those three. And I figured at some point you would probably have to make a move. But what was it like while you were there building chemistry with those young stars along with yourself? Yeah, and that's exactly what it was, man. You know, you you have to, you know, NBA, man, you got to play a role that you're given sometimes. And, you know, it's it's frustrating at times. But at the same time, you you know, you like it because those are your friends and your boys and you you still out there on the same team together. But you know, I just worked and waited, kept my head down and just waited for my opportunity. Um, you know, playing with those guys, you build a bond and a friendship that, you know, is everlasting, you know, the fraternity in the NBA. So, you know, it was great. But when I got traded to uh, Chicago, I knew it was an opportunity I couldn't let pass up. I want to take I want to take you back a little bit. Uh, so when I say these words, tell me what you think. He ain't even stretched, though. I remember that was. I'm pretty sure that was D'Angelo Russell when we were in that. Yeah. That, uh, I, think, I think it was LeBron James camping, but I. Blake Griffin was throwing the ball off the wall going between the legs, man. It was crazy. And it's crazy how you see all those players and a lot of those guys are in the NBA now. So it's, it was – yeah, I, I remember that moment. But what was that experience like? Cause it, what was crazy about that video, obviously it went viral, but you guys were the young crew. I think you guys were in high school, but a handful of you guys made the league too. So what was it like being there as a youngster in awe one second and then a handful of years later, shit for you, maybe three years later, four years later, you're competing against these guys. It was crazy, especially going there and seeing you're in high school, man. So these guys to you, you know, NBA players were just still your idols. And being able to go out there, I think Kyrie was a rookie. I saw Kobe. I saw LeBron, you know, and just seeing these dudes that you, you used to seeing on the TV, Blake Griffin, you're just like, God damn, man. Like, this is a lot different than what you expect. You hear the shit talking, you see the physicality. And it's a, uh, you know, it was an eye opener for us because we, you know, at, in high school, you think you the top of the top still. You at these top 100 camps and you really ain't even scratched the surface of what the what basketball is yet. <laughs> right. You ain't even, we're welcome to it. Well, I want to get into to, to your all star dunk contest and your accolades there. But before I do that, where did where did this bounce come from and when did you know you could fly? Because you could really fly if, in case you didn't know. Man. Yeah. I, I mean, sometimes, dog, I'm starting to get, you know. A little more tired now, but uh, here we go. It's uh, 25. Nah, talking I'm, just about ta- I'm just talking shit. I'm just talking. I'm just talking shit. You know. <laughs> um, in high school, in high school, it started, man. You know, me and my dad did a lot of plyometrics. You know, we were on the Vertimax. I was doing, I was doing lunges on the football field from hundred yard line backwards, eighty backwards. I ran track a little bit, ran sprints. So, oh, you know, God. I worked on you know building those muscles up. Um, and after I uh, after I grew into my body a little bit more, I like six six three, six four, six five, and that's when it started coming in. Right before my uh, right before my senior year in high school, um, you know, I was pulling off the same dunks I was doing in the dunk contest. Growing up, you know, being a dunker yourself, you know, I heard Vince was one of your guys. What tempted you or or or, or prompted you to join the contest? Did you know going into it, you you could win, or what, what was the motivating factor behind you wanting to be involved in the dunk contest? Yeah, so I I grew up always, you know, watched it and, you know, we could watch the tapes and you go outside and try it. You know, I watched the Michael Jordan, Kobe's and Vince's and go outside and try to do a dunks. But uh, I won a dunk contest in high school. I think it was the Ball's Life All-American Dunk Contest. Um, and I see, you know, going, growing up, I'm like, okay, I got, I got into the NBA. I was like, I know I can win this. So I had... Even that Aaron Gordon dunk contest that we had, I had like nine dunks that I had. I was like, there's nobody going to beat me. If I make my dunks, there's nobody that's going to beat me if I do these dunks. So um, 
I just wanted to go put a show on, at least, you know, have that experience, especially at, I think I was the second youngest besides Kobe to win the dunk contest. Second youngest I it was, behind you know, Kobe. So yep. Yeah. Hell yeah, that was dope. And then you only became the, the fourth player to win back-to-back con- dunk contests um, when you were able to take down Aaron in Toronto. Talk to us about that particular dunk contest because that one took everyone back to, you know, comparisons of, of Dominique and Jordan back in 88 before you was even born. But it was one of the best dunk contests we've seen. No, it was, it was crazy. And you could just tell it, it built up to something that was going to go down in history, um, just the stuff that we were doing. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't think anybody was going to come close to me. In the first dunk contest, I, I felt like I wiped the floor. You know, I thought it was a sweep. Second one, you know, AG came out with the same amount of energy and confidence I had. So it was, uh, you know, it was going to go down to the last blow. And that's when I, I was like, look, I'm either going to make this dunk or miss it when I try to go from the free throw line. Um, you know, thank God I made it. But you make that shit look effortless. Man, it's crazy. I'm like your to free tell you, your bro. free throw dunks look motherfucking effortless. It's incredible. That last one I did was the first time I tried it. But to go through the legs though, to go through the legs from the free throw line. That's crazy. That was the first time I tried it. Oh, was it in first the dunk contest? That was the first contest. time you tried it? Yeah. First time I tried it. Damn. Never never Between I ain't tried it since. That <laughs> <laughs> was dope. Have you have, have, have you have you ever talked to Aaron Gordon? About that? Like, have you ever sat down and be like, man, what made you think about doing that? What made, you know what I'm saying? Have you ever had a conversation about that moment? Yeah, no, we were in the same agency, so we definitely talked about it. You know, we go back and forth like, oh, I think I got you on this one or that one. But, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, I, I, grabbed, the, I grabbed the mic. I don't, I don't think people remember this. I say, hey, man, to be honest with you, I think we should share this trophy. You know, we put on a show together. Um, yeah. So it, it, instead of, you know, one or one other guy winning, I think that was just something for the, for the culture of the NBA. That was something that was special. So there's rumors now that you're hanging up your dunk contest eligibility. Is there any truth to that at the ripe old age of 25? Ah. Are you, or is that the last time we've seen Lack Levine? Man, I don't, I don't know, man. It's, yes, yes, he was, said he don't know. Same he said he don't know. Yeah, I wasn't even in the same role. Everybody, it was crazy, Jack. Everybody still wants me to do it, man. I don't know what else I can, <laughs> to be honest, I don't know what else I can do. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it, it, it'll come a time where... It'll come a time to where, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm eventually going to hang it up. Obviously, I know I still got something left, but, you know, I think I've passed that part of my game now. I want to go out there and show, you know, I want to you know, I want to be NBA champion. I want to, you know, more, compete for more, MVPs, more refined things, you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's time for some three-point contest. I can get that one. What are your thoughts uh, this year on the format? Obviously, you know, a lot of guys, you know, some of the bigger stars come out and said, you know, they didn't really want to do it. They thought it should have been a time off. Um, you know, the NBA said, hey, we're going to knock this out. We're going to do it all in one day. With this being your actual first um, time competing in the game, what are your thoughts on kind of how everything has come together um, considering the circumstances in the pandemic? It's a totally different year, Matt. Um you know, just from the standpoint that nobody's played like this before and even next year it might change. So we we might be the anomaly year of, you know, having no fans and then some places having fans and having games canceled and things like that. So, you know, it's in the air. You know, I'm I'm all for it. I'm always for competing. We're playing games anyway. So um, as long as it's safe, you know, especially because I made the game and my family's able to come and see it, you know, I'm always for that. But, um you know, I'm always like, as long as it's safe and the NBA knows what they're doing. So, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it. Hey, with, with, with the All-Star not being a normal way, you know, not having family and friends and fans, stuff like that. What are some of your uh, memorable moments of All-Stars in the past? Man, um, just any All-Star game in general? Just some, just, just, 
Yeah, whatever you remember the most. Some some moments you hold you hold close to you that you remember when you first think of All Star. Man, I I, I remember uh, I remember you know vividly sitting in front of the TV and in, in Mike's Mike's last All Star game. Um, you know him and Kobe going back and forth, and then Mike hitting the uh, that baseline jumper. And they were supposed to win, and Jermaine O'Neal fouled <laughs> fouled Kobe yeah. at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So. You know, I remember watching that just literally sit in front of the TV, man. Um, and then also, you know, just, just my own personal ones, obviously with the dunk contest and stuff and seeing, you know, talking to the guys on the sideline and seeing their faces, you know, after we're pulling some of these dunks off and talking to them. And, you know, just having that, that, that camaraderie has, has, been, has been big, a lot of memories. So uh, you sign a rookie extension in Minnesota and then tear your ACL before you're traded to, uh, to the Bulls. Talk was that your first major uh, injury as as a, as a basketball player? Yeah, and that was you know that was tough, Matt. Um, you know, I was having a really good year. I think at the at the time, I think we had all three of us were averaging over twenty points per game, or right at twenty points per game for guys that were twenty one and younger. I think we were the, some of the first to do that. Um, it was tough, man. Um, I had to switch my mentality pretty fast from like a why me or poor me to pretty much attacking it and saying, fuck it, I'm going to get better and back to, you know, I'm going to prove everybody that I, I can be better than what I was before, you know, because NBA is relevancy. They'll, they'll write you off pretty fast. So, um, you know, I wanted to put all that to rest and, you know, I put my head down and got to work, man. So you were able to overcome that and then the trade for pretty much you uh, for Jimmy Butler. What was going through your head at that, t- at that time? You know, mixed feelings, obviously, because, you know, I was hurt. And they traded me while you were hurt, so it's almost like they give up on you. But I saw it as an opportunity, like I said earlier, um, you know, to go out there and showcase, you know, what I can and be, you know, fulfill who I want to be. You know, I put all this hard work in. I don't, you know, I work to be, you know, a number one guy and a superstar level guy. I don't work to be a, a fringe player or, a, you know, a role player. Um, so, you know, an opportunity knock, you got to walk through that damn door. And that's that's how I saw it. You said you modeled your game after number eight, Kobe, and, 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 and he was a big influence on your life. Any stuff that, that, that you could share with us on or off the court um, of moments of you and Kobe? See, I never knew him personally. I, I got a couple when I was younger, um, and then to when I actually did get to play against him and meet him. You know, I, I was in sixth grade, and there was a tournament, and I remember we had to go watch the USA team play, and I'm sitting on the sideline um, of him warming up. And I remember uh, I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, Kobe, Kobe. He's going through his routine, Matt, like he don't hear nothing. He made about 25 straight elbow pull-ups doing the same move. It was crazy to me because he, he didn't. he's doing the exact same move hard as hell, 25 straight. I'm just screaming his name. Like, and, you know, he don't respond to me or anything, but he was just so locked in. And then, um, you know, obviously I get to play against him, you know, my first two years in the league. Um, I had a really, really good game. Actually, to the first question, that was actually like my coming out party. That was my first big game. I played against the Lakers at Staples Center. I came off the bench. I had like 25, and Kobe was guarding me in the fourth quarter, and he tapped me on the ass and said, keep going, young fella. Um, And it was big for me because I remember Kobe always used to guard the best player in the fourth quarter. Um, And, you know, at that point, you know, he he kind of locked me down. I didn't I didn't shoot the ball. <laughs> you know, I think I shot like one or two more times. Um, he was being real physical with me, but you know, it was just crazy. You know, like this is my idol, man, and he's guarding me. So it's it was uh, it was big. That's dope. 
Um, during quarantine, uh, The Last Dance came out. Did it hit you different watching it because you were or you are a bull currently? Just kind of seeing what they were like when you know when they yeah. made the run because unfortunately, like there was there was no social media back then. You know what I mean? So it was almost our look at the you know the 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 dynasty of the bulls through a social media lens. Was it different for you being a bull? Yeah, and especially you know obviously I was a huge Michael Jordan fan, and you know I think all of us were, and just seeing you know how how he interacted with his teammates and how he moved as a player and the way his mind worked. Um, you know, you can watch all the stats you want to and all the highlights, but seeing, you know, dudes in practice or having up close interviews is different. So it's uh, I thought it, I thought it was eye opening. Um, and to be honest, it, it's crazy that they were still that popular and that famous. You know, him, Dennis Robin, you know, they're in the social media era, man. Oh, my gosh. It would have been, oh, been crazy. They, they were they were crazy. rock stars then. Just imagine now it would be it would be, be ridiculous. Oh uh, yeah, Dennis would have been a madman in in the in the social media era where you could really catch yeah, all the yeah, shit yeah, he was because he was already on his shit. Yeah. You mean imagine like the coach saying, "You yeah. know how much money he would have been oh, making?" Oh man, it would have been crazy. <laughs> yeah, and he was always with a celebrity. He kept a bad celebrity one next to him, so that would have been crazy. Yep. <laughs> you uh, you know, you get, being drafted by Minnesota and then getting opportunity to come to the Bulls. What is the difference um in the environment of the organizations? It's a big market, man. Um, obviously, they've had some down years and, you know, the trade pretty much with, with Jimmy coming out. You know, Jimmy was a, still a damn near top, you know, top 10, top 20 player. So, you know, they, they shot it as a, you know, a rebuilding time. And, um, you know, I just want to do my part to try to get the Bulls back on the map and get them back to that, you know, that championship era. Because um, Chicago sports is big, man. They 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 really they really root for you. They go after you. And, um you know, I accepted that challenge, and I, you know, I still do, and it's uh, it's exciting. And, you know, I'm very humbled to wear Chicago across my uh, across my chest. What's up? I'm John Wall, and I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have ticked it off? I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. 
This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Dropping 49 as a career high and hitting... 13 threes. Tell us what that zone was like. Yeah, I mean, for some reason, Matt, I cannot get – I haven't got 50 yet. I've had over 45. I don't know how many times I have not – I haven't got that 50 ball yet, but – It's coming. That game was crazy, man. Yeah, that game was crazy. We were down the whole game, um, and I was just feeling it, man. I got a lot of easy shots, early, you know, early stack. You know this, Matt. You know this. If you get easy shots early, you know, when once you get in that rhythm, it's hard to get out of it. You know, I was getting open looks, and then – uh Got in one of them zones, it came down to the end, and, you know, I'm not scared to take or miss any shot, man. So, you know, we got that steal, and I was going for the win. When you hear your name thrown around in trade rumors, I mean, obviously you're having your first all-star season. How is it tough? Do you stay locked in, feeling it's part of the business? I know, I know that's what people want you to do, but um, how is it being you? Like I said, you're the best player on the team, but constantly hearing your name thrown around and possibly being traded. Yeah, I mean, it, it's different. You, I've been traded before, and it's, it's part of the business. I learned that pretty early in my career. But, um, you know, a lot of it is rumors. You know, if it doesn't come to me personally, you know, with my agent, if I talk to the front office, if it doesn't come to me personally, I don't worry about it. Um, you know, I also take it as, you know, if there is other teams looking for you, you know, that means you're wanted. You know, you're, you're, looked, as a, you're looked at as a bonus, as a piece that can really help or somebody's trying to, you know, rebuild around you. So, um you know, you take it in stride, man, but at the end of the day, until that happens, I worry about my team and, you know, how I can help affect, uh, you know, the team at hand. So you guys are right in the mix um, for the playoffs this year. What is your guys' you know, your ongoing message every day? You know, obviously the goal is to make the playoffs and really make some noise in it. This is going to be new for this young group uh, that you guys have. But what, what is your message daily in and out with your teammates? Yeah, and it's not just me. It's, you know, the coaching staff, like I said, Billy's done a great job. Thad, Garrett, always talking to me. Um, you know, you, you can always have a goal and an end goal, and you got to strive for that, but we got to go one game at a time because that, that, you know, at the end of the year, that's not going to come sooner. Um, you know, you got to take it one game at a time and then let the chips fall where it may. So take care of business each and every day. You know, get your work in and practice, um, and then, you know, still strive for that goal at the end of the year. You're playing a legendary position for a historical franchise. You're playing the two guard for the Chicago Bulls. Have you got a chance to ever meet Mike or, or talk to Mike about what you got going on right now and, and you playing 
the position he 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 made very famous over there? Yeah, I've met I've met him. I haven't talked to him, you know, in a long. I met him actually my rookie year. Um, I did a workout for Charlotte, and uh, he walked in like early into the workout, and you know, all of us are hype, you know, especially because he's in there. So now you try and show out and. Went over and shook his hand. His hand was so goddamn big. He grabbed my forearm. You know, <laughs> so, um, you know, that's when I met him. But you know, it's 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 crazy, man. Especially the the stats that you see and you hear. And there was one that was crazy that came out this this month because I think I'm averaging thirty this month and. I'm tied for the 31st best month in Bulls history. <laughs> Crazy, <average>. right? <laughs> Crazy. Which is, just, you know, it's, it's mind-boggling right. how good this motherfucker right. was. Like Facts. the stats he has is just like wow. That's you know, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. You know, we always wish we could have played against him or that's seen crazy. him. That's crazy. It's just like, yeah, that's, this. I was a bad motherfucker, man. <laughs> before we get out of here, we're gonna hit you with some quick hitters. But before that, there's something about Seattle. You guys breed hoopers. You guys have had a ton that made it, but a lot of guys that didn't make it that definitely should have made it. What is it about basketball out there and kind of that community and fraternity of hoopers? Which you, Nate, you know, Jamal, the list goes on. Brandon uh, Roy. Hoopers, yeah, I mean, Seattle Hoopers have been on the yeah. map for a minute. What is it? Is it in the water out there? What is it out there to get you, everybody, seems like, to the league out there? Man, I don't know. You got you you name so many guys, you almost forget about some, you know, and it's it goes back a while. You know, dudes like Doug Christie, and, you know, Jason Terry. Um, you know, we got, we got Marvin Williams. You know, it's just so many dudes. Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley. You know, you don't want to, you know, miss any of them, but it's – you know, I, I think it's a hotbed, man. Um, and especially now with no team being there, um, you know, guys are really out there trying to, you know, trying to make it out. And um, it's always been a great community. The pros give back, you know, and, it, and you just fall right in line. I remember me in high school and Jamal taking me under his wing and going to the pro runs and watching them. And then, you know, me trying to do the same thing now with dudes like Jaden and Jalen. Um, and, and, and going from there, there's a young guy coming up, Paulo Banchero, that's going to be off the charts in the next couple of years. So it's, you know, it's a fraternity, and we just, you know, we keep the cycle going. Talk to us a little bit about Jamal's uh, summer league because you guys, obviously, super competitive, but the ability to also draw other stars to come to your home, you know, basically to you guys' hometown and home turf and play. He has one of the best summer leagues around. Yeah, and that's all. That's all, Maul, man. You know, he he's such a loved, uh, you know, guy in the basketball league. You know, everybody knows how great of a guy he is and teammate, but, um, you know, this dude is still, you know, still going out there. I think Maul is 40 right now, and he's playing like he's 25. I was just playing with him this last summer, Matt, and this, yeah, this dude still go. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. I know. He'll, so, he'll uh, be a hooper for the rest of his life. Jamal never uh, – yeah. he loved he, the game. He, he, he does such a great job of bringing guys in. And, you know, the Pro-Am is pretty much like the Sonics. You know, that's the only pros that you get to see right now. You know, hopefully the Sonics come back and you get a team in Seattle. They need it. So, um, but until then, Jamal's doing, you know, such a fantastic job of keeping that basketball culture alive out there. Yeah, I mean, obviously, being happy where you're at, being a Chicago Bull, if the if a, if a Seattle organization did ever come back, would that be a, a dream or a goal of yours to play in your hometown? I think it always is, especially because we haven't been there in so long. And, you know, I, I before the end of my career, I would love to at least be able to have a chance to go do that. All right, quick hitters. Jack, you want to start him off? All-time best five, Chicago Bulls. Oh, all time best starting. Hey, don't five. hey hey, don't be scared to throw yourself in there either. Hey, I did I did that on a uh I think Mark Spears told me the same thing. I'm not afraid of it. People don't give you backlash for whatever you say anyway. I don't give a damn. Fuck, right. Fuck. <laughs> right. You know, of course I want I want to play with him. So I would say uh I'll say Derrick Rose, 
Michael Jordan um, put me in there. I'm going I'm to slide to the three. I'll play the two or the three. Put Scottie Pippen and um, and Joe Kim Noah. It's a little solid line. There's so many different combos you can do, man. There's yeah. so many different combos with the Bulls you can do, though. <laughs> you know? If you could be name-dropped by any artist in the music game, present or in the past, who would it be? Mm, present or past. Wow. Uh you know, I'm a big I'm a big West Coast guy. I fuck with YG a lot. Um and, you know, I like I like the common rappers like Future and stuff. Chief Keith, I like Chief Keith a lot. Chief Keith's always been one of my favorite rappers out of Chicago, so I'll say those three. Top three songs on your pregame playlist. Top three songs. Top three songs right now. Damn. Uh can I look? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, on your pregame playlist. Oh, I can't look the phone. Yeah, you don't know. We got the phone set up. I can't look. Uh Top three song, man. You know, sometimes I go with I go with the old school stuff, man. I be listening to some old school R and B shit. Yeah, yeah, that's my that's my lane. Uh, That's us. Yeah, you know, I I was listening to uh I was listening to Joe before the game the other day. You know, I think I was listening to John B a couple times. Hey, there you you go. But then I go I still I go I go listen to Future. You know, I listen to Twenty One Savage, Lil Durk, things like that. Pops, I I I fuck with Pop Smoke a lot right now. You know, there's a piece of Pop Smoke. He has some. He had some Hell shit. Hell yeah, he had some bangers. That first album was some shit. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you can create an all-time dunk contest, including yourself, who are four other people you'd put in to dunk against? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Vince got to be in there. Of course. I want to see that. So you, I want to see, see that in person. Um, me, Vince... Um, you know, I'm putting I'm putting LeBron in there. Ooh, yeah. You know, LeBron never done a dunk contest mm-hmm. since high school, but I want to see LeBron in it. Um, how many people? Four or five? You five. Got, you got you got two more. Yeah, five. So me, Vince, LeBron, MJ, and uh, who's a guy people wouldn't really think about? That's crazy. Um. One of the most athletic dudes I remember watching and growing up was Andre Iguodala when he was younger. Man, he was a you know he I, had I, bounce. Yeah. You got to help us with this answer to this question. Okay, okay. <laughs> who, who do you want to see on all the smoke? Uh, who you want to see on all the smoke, man? Uh, yeah, because this is always I've always wanted to be on here. You know, I'm, I'm glad I got I got next in line. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has 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 have you guys been on it with Dame yet? Nah, nah. We've been trying. We've been on and off. It's funny because we just did CJ McCollum too, and and and, and we've been I'll talking about Dame. I'll definitely be on watch one with Dame. Yeah, um, that's dope. Who else you watch one with? Dame. Um, Dame is it? Who else, the guys? And Lee, I think Dame's a good. One. I want to see an old, uh, you know, a older dude. KG was. I think KG was the best one you had because he can give you stories. You know, how yeah, talk yeah. his um, best storyteller. I, I mean, I could throw some out your way, like a Jamal Crawford or Brandon Roy. Them are them are people basically Maul, your family. Yeah. Put you Maul, put Maul, Maul would Maul would be Maul would be Maul would be great. Yeah. B Roy B Roy has a lot of stories. Yeah, I yeah. think it would be great too. Yeah, it it would it be it's a fool. Yes, Absolutely, <laughs> he got a hell of yeah. a journey. There you know. Uh, man, yeah, those, uh, that's what I'll be. I'll pick them for sure. Well, Zach, man, we appreciate your time. Best of luck in the All Star game and happy early birthday. Me and Jack are going to be in Tulum during the same time because my birthday is the day before yours. So I'm the ninth, you're the tenth. Man, good luck in the All Star. Happy game birthday happy, to both of you, boys! Dog. Happy early birthday, bro. Hey, you know it, dog. Y'all live it up, man. I appreciate yeah. you. Hold it down, bro. Man, appreciate good luck in the you, bro. Game. Hey, that's a wreck with Zach Levine. You can catch all the smoke. On Showtime Basketball YouTube and the iHeart platform, Black Effects. We'll see y'all next week. This is All a Smoke, a production of the Black Effect and iHeart Radio. 
in partnership with Showtime. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.